Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. We have got a loaded show today. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers previewing NFC Championship Weekend. And what is going on with Giannis and the Bucks? We'll talk about all that and more on this episode of Red Zone Radio. Okay, so Jim Harbaugh is headed to the Chargers. This is a great move by the Chargers, and I think it's a good move by Jim Harbaugh. I was a little sad at first because for the college game, I think he was so good for college football. I think he obviously was great for Michigan football. He was great for more parity in the sport. With that being said, I also am aware of the fact that Jim Harbaugh, in his heart of hearts, he's not a college football coach. He's an NFL coach who loves his alma mater. And to his credit, he went to Michigan. He rebuilt it. He beat Ohio State three years in a row. He beat Alabama. He beat Washington. And he won a national championship. Michigan has been restored to what Jim Harbaugh wanted to restore it to. The other thing I've talked about in other episodes is the fact that Jim Harbaugh is never going to have an opportunity like this again. What do I mean by that? Well, when you when you look at this move to go to the NFL, you have to look at it from two different angles. What he's walking away from, what he's going into. I don't think he's ever going to have an opportunity the same year he wins a national championship to walk into a job that is this good in the NFL. When teams need coaches, it's usually because the team is really bad, right? Their team is bad, the roster is bad, the management is bad. And obviously, there is some nuance to that discussion. But for the most part, you're not going to fire your coach if the team was really good or if they had a lot of talent on the roster or if they were winning games. So there's a reason why the team wasn't winning games. Now, a lot of that could be because of coaching, but a lot of it's also because of talent normally, right, on the team. And the thing is, the Chargers team, if he can pick up a guy or two in the draft, and he knows college football, obviously now, he knows which players are really good. If he can do that, they are going to be contenders next year. I don't know if they can win a Super Bowl. They're going to be a playoff contender immediately. They're going to give Kansas City, Vegas, and Denver fits. They're going to play each of those teams twice a year. They're going to give whoever they play fits. Justin Herbert is going to thrive with Jim Harbaugh because the history shows you that. Him at Stanford, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, Alex Smith in the NFL. Quarterbacks thrive under Jim Harbaugh. Teams thrive under Jim Harbaugh. And the Chargers absolutely, absolutely are going to thrive moving forward. This is the coach. This is the guy. And like I was mentioning, you're not going to have an opportunity, if you're Jim Harbaugh again in your career, in my opinion, to, he not only has the opportunity to walk into a great situation, but he's leaving as great as you could possibly leave with a national championship. A three-game winning streak over Ohio State. If you're a Michigan fan, you can't ask. You really can't ask for any more because they went undefeated. Win three years 
in a row he beat Ohio State. Beats Alabama on the way out the door. Basically sends Nick Saban into retirement. And so Michigan's future, we'll talk about that a little bit. But as far as Jim Harbaugh goes, I think this was the right move. Plus, you don't have to deal with the NCAA, the suspensions, the nonsense of the NCAA organization. You don't have to deal with that either. Okay, let's talk about Michigan. So, people are saying, should they get Jerome Moore? Should they go after Brian Kelly? If I was Brian Kelly, I'm not particularly sure why you would leave LSU. It's not to say that Michigan's not a great football program. But I just, I don't really think, if you already have LSU humming, and he kind of does, he, he still has to get better on the defensive side. And they're gonna have to replay Jane Daniels, but he has a win over Alabama. He went. He only lost three games this year. Already produced a Heisman winner in the two years he's been at LSU. He has wins over Alabama and produced a Heisman winner. Made to an SEC championship game. Now the SEC is getting more open. Why would you? Why would you leave LSU? And I, I'm not saying that like as a shot at Michigan. I don't know what job. I, if I was at LSU, let's say, and I had it humming. Why would I leave for anywhere else in the country? Just like if I was at USC, Ohio State, if I was at Michigan, if I was at any of those places and they and I had them going, there's not a better place in the country to be, really. I mean, at that point, you're getting to the best of the best programs. You're really, you're, you're sacrificing what you have built. You're sacrificing feet and what you have built to maybe gain some inches. In another program that might be a little bit more prestigious, that might be a little better, and that's why I I wouldn't I wouldn't leave if I was Brian Kelly. And if I was Michigan, I wouldn't mess around with it. Jerome Moore is one and zero against Ohio State. I know he had a team, but he's one and zero against Ohio State. The players love him. I would just keep him and see what happens. You just won a national championship, so I mean, obviously you want to remain great, but you just won a national championship, so the pressure is not on you to be absolutely great next year. And I think Michigan should give Jerome Moore a shot. Okay. So the NFC Championship, AFC Championship is this weekend. So uh, what I love about the four teams remaining is whoever out of these four teams wins the Super Bowl, it's a great storyline. If Mahomes wins it, it's his third one, back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Andy Reid, now it's three titles. They start moving into a... I mean, we already consider them great, but they like officially, officially become a dynasty with that. And they start moving into a class. Uh, they start moving into a rarefied era. If the Lions win it, I don't have to tell you why that's a great story. They have been in the dumps for so many years. Dan Campbell comes along, within three years gets them a Super Bowl after they never even appeared in the game. If the 49ers win, I think that's a great story too. Brock Purdy constantly being overly criticized, overly trashed in my opinion. Mr. Irrelevant winning the Super Bowl. And then of course if Lamar Jackson, the MVP, if he wins it, then he's in a discussion now for the best quarterback in the league. Maybe number two behind Mahomes. We'll see what happens this weekend. And John Harbaugh now all of a sudden becomes a two-time Super Bowl champion. Okay, so I want to preview these games. I'll give you some picks. 
let's start off with the NFC Championship 49ers and the Lions. So, I like the Lions a lot. I think they did a great job this year, but I think everybody is freaking out about the 49ers because they struggled with the Packers. Okay, remember, there's probably a little bit of rust for the 49ers. You combine rust with the fact that Debo Samuel went out the first quarter, completely changes the game plan. Then on top of that, you have a hungry, red-hot, great young quarterback in Jordan Love and Mountain Floor coming to town. That's a recipe for disaster. And Brock Purdy overcame it at the end. The 49ers overcame it at the end, and they got the win. And in a playoff game, I don't care how pretty it looks, the important thing is getting the win. Also, Brock Purdy threw the ball 39 times. I thought that was... He threw it more than Jordan Love. He tied Josh Allen, throwing the ball 39 times. And I, I thought that was a little strange. But people have been criticizing Kyle Shanahan... Brock Purdy, the 49ers team is as good as we thought. It's like, hold on, pump the brakes for a second. We're talking about a team that has Nick Boza. We're talking about a team that has Fred Warner, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Shanahan at the controls. I don't care what people say about Kyle Shanahan. That guy is one of the best coaches in the NFL. You're not going to convince me otherwise. And I think they're going to get the job done. This Sunday. Detroit's hungry. They have a good team. But remember. Their secondary is very gettable. They also. Outside of Aiden Hutchinson. They don't have an elite pass rusher. In my opinion. The 49ers have a good offensive line. It's not great. It's not elite. But it's good. And Kyle Shanahan can scheme around Aiden Hutchinson. And then people are like. Well Debo Samuel might be out. I trust Kyle Shanahan in a week to be able to devise a game plan in which Debo Samuel's not in it. It's a lot harder to do on the fly in the middle of a playoff game than when you have a week to prepare for. And I know the Lions are going to be hungry, and I know they're going to come in there, and it's going to be a feisty, good game. I think the 49ers will get the job done. As for the other game, Chiefs and Ravens. So here's the thing. Everything... When you look at this game on paper, everything tells you you should pick the Ravens. Vegas has them as three and a half point favorites. The Ravens are the better team. Uh, the quarterbacks, are, I mean, look, do I think Patrick Holmes is a better quarterback? Yes. But it's not like we're talking about the Ravens having a huge quarterback deficit. The Ravens have the better team. The Ravens are at home. Lamar Jackson is extremely hungry to win his first AFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl. But I just will not. And this is, and you know what? I said this about the Alabama game when they played Michigan. It very, I feel very similar to this game, how I felt about the Alabama-Michigan game. I picked Alabama over Michigan. And I said, Michigan's the better team. It wouldn't surprise me if they won. And I know Jim Harbaugh's really hungry. But I won't in good conscience bet against Nick Saban. And Michigan won that game. And I was wrong. But I, I just, I cannot in good conscience bet against Patrick Mahomes. And so I'm taking the Chiefs. Again, I'm not saying Baltimore is not great. I'm not saying they're fool's gold. I, I, I'm i not trying to, this isn't anything against Baltimore. But how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes? How can you bet against the Chiefs? And so I'm not going to do it. 
I am picking the Chiefs, and I think we're going to have a rematch of the 2019, well, I guess 2020 Super Bowl, where the Chiefs and the 49ers played, and that would be really interesting if we got that matchup. Like I said, obviously anything can happen, but these are my predictions. I'm picking the 49ers and the Chiefs to move on to the Super Bowl. Okay, I want to talk a little NBA because the Bucks fired their head coach, Adrian Griffin. They fired him. Meanwhile, they're the number two seed. They were on a winning streak. And it's it's weird. And obviously this seems like it's Giannis's fingerprints all over. And it's weird, you know, when you look at Giannis's evolution, you when when you think about it, well, at least let me put it this way. When you used to think about Giannis, you used to think about someone that was really humble. He won his first NBA championship. And he has gotten the the thing earlier in the year with the game ball that he wanted. The frustration with the media after last season, after last year's postseason exit, where they so listen. I I know he I I get the point that he was making in that rant, and I don't want to call it a rant. I mean he he was very articulate in what he was saying, but he, the point was they had lost to a Heat team, and obviously that Heat team would go on to the finals, but a low seeded Heat team, and they lost to them in five games. They almost got swept, and the reporter was like, do you view this as a failure? Maybe the words could have been different, but the point was the same. Do you view this season as, as a disappointment? And Giannis basically wanted to say, no, how is it a disappointment every year you don't win the championship? He seems annoyed and frustrated, and I'm not particularly sure why. First of all, he has already won a championship. Okay, now I know... We people count the rings and all that for all time greats, and he's gonna have to win more to get in that LeBron Michael discussion if he ever does. But it's not like the clock is ticking and the Bucks have just done nothing for him and and he like he's he's frustrated. He first of all he was frustrated with the coach, in which they won seventy percent of their games now. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. I'm not part of the. I'm not in the building. I don't know what's going on. I don't have feet on the ground. But from the outside looking in, it did seem a little weird, didn't it? And then you have the thing earlier in the season where he got mad about the game ball and he chased someone down in the locker room. He chased the assistant uh, part of the staff down for for a uh, game ball that he wanted. And and why why is this so weird? Because when he came in the league, this was not the case. You know what I mean? He was so humble and so modest. And I'm sure if he would have just said, hey, I want that game ball. I'm sure if he would have talked things out with Adrian Griffin. But that didn't happen. And so what it's telling you is Giannis is getting more demanding and he's growing frustrated. And so, like I said, I don't know what's going on inside the building. But it's it's weird to think that he's frustrated. First of all, the monkey's already off his back. He's already won a championship, a Finals MVP. This Bucks team, there's no reason to think they cannot win the Finals this year. 
Now, I don't think they're the heavy favorites. I don't think anybody's the heavy favorites. But if Dame shows up in the playoffs, Giannis plays great basketball in the playoffs. You don't think they can beat the Celtics? You don't think they can beat the Nuggets? They can beat anybody. So it's weird to think that he's frustrated here. And you could see it with what happens with the Bucks organization. You could see it in his post-game press conferences. And the real question is why? What, what is he frustrated about? And so I, I think whether it's that he wants to go somewhere else, whatever the cause is, this is something I do want to talk about that I think goes on in in all sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, even college football to an extent. It has gotten to the point now with athletes, and, and I'm not trying to call Giannis out for this or, or say this is the only reason why this is happening, why he's acting like this, but it's gotten to a point now with athletes where winning and going to the team and winning is not enough. It has to be your way of winning. It has to look a certain way. It has to come within this time frame. And if it doesn't, then they're going to be frustrated. I know there. I I know you should give stars what they want. And like, if Patrick Holmes wants something from the Chiefs front office, they could get it for him. But the idea of I'm putting my foot down. I want what I want right now. And if I don't get it, I'm going to demand a trade, or I'm going to blast the organization to the media. I think it's ridiculous. And I'm not saying Giannis made that specific threat. But I'm saying this is just, in my opinion, a, a symptom of the overarching problem throughout all sports with a lot of athletes now. It's not. It's no longer about winning. It's about how you win. They want to win their way. And if they don't get it their way, if they don't get the money they want, if they don't get everything that they want, then they want out. They're frustrated with their organization. Well, no employer should... Just turn a blind eye and bend the knee to the will of the employee aimlessly. I'm not saying to make your employees mad. I'm not saying not to treat them with respect. I'm not I'm not saying to not treat your athletes or employees well, I guess, in this comparison. But the business has to ultimately make the final decision. Don't go out of your way to make your star quarterback or your star athlete mad. If he wants a a good number two athlete, get him one. If he wants Damian Lillard and he says, look, it's really important to me. I wish you get Damian Lillard. He's out there. Do your best to get Damian Lillard. But don't just start aimlessly and carelessly making decisions to keep your athlete who can be impulsive and I'm not even talking about Giannis, I'm just talking about overall, happy. Do everything you can to keep them happy. But there's a difference between working together and you working for the employee. And by the way, it goes both ways. Uh, don't just stay in an organization that doesn't do anything that you want, that doesn't get you good athletes around you, that doesn't take care of your body well, that doesn't ultimately care about you and I think that's a two-way street but in my estimation the Bucks have done a lot to care for Giannis to keep him happy and now this is the latest 
And so, yes, Giannis has won a championship, but if he doesn't start delivering and they have another dud in the postseason, the pressure's on Giannis, not the Bucks. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.